Well, hey, hey, everybody, this is Dana Shea, and you are listening to Real Relationship Talk, episode 53, and we are in the middle of our Young and Married series. Today, you guys, we're going to have a great conversation about, is this all there is? If you've ever asked yourself that question, you know exactly what I'm talking about, and that's probably why you clicked on this episode today. So I'm going to give you a lot of hope, a lot of encouragement, and hopefully at the end of this episode, you'll be asking a very different question. But before we jump into our conversation today, I want to read to you guys a review from Apple Podcasts. It says, I'm newly married, and I just want to say that listening to this podcast has become one of my favorite hobbies. The tips and advice for each topic that I've listened to have been practical and so, so, so helpful for our marriage as we navigate this new season of our life. I'm so grateful I came across this podcast. And that was left by JBX2021. So thank you so much, JBX, for that amazing review. I love doing this podcast. I love hearing from you all. So if you are a faithful listener, or maybe you just found this podcast today, I want to encourage you to head on over to Apple Podcasts and give it a review so that other people just like you can find it. Y'all, I was sick last week. My poor husband, he said it took him two hours to do a two-minute intro. Y'all, pray for the man. Pray for him. But I appreciate him. Some of y'all tuned in last week like, who in the world? But you know what? I'm just so grateful that he stepped in for me, y'all. I was sick for 10 days. I did not have COVID. Praise the Lord. I had an upper respiratory infection. And I know many of you reached out and wanted to know how I'm doing. I'm much better now. You might still hear a little bit of congestion in my voice. But praise God, I am on the mend. So I'm excited to bring to you this conversation. Here we go. We're going to start today by me reading you a little story that I found online. See if this sounds familiar. So, how's married life? I hate this question. It requires me to be quick on my feet and always have pre-rehearsed answers at the ready. After a picture-perfect wedding, I'd been embarrassed to admit to others and myself how difficult married life had been. These innocent inquiries felt torturous. They were a constant reminder of the perfect life I had envisioned the moment we exchanged vows. My husband and I were struggling, and if I didn't find methods to resurrect the relationship that had me excitingly accepting his proposal, we would be heading toward divorce after less than a year of marriage. So, we are going to talk today about, is this all there is. Have you ever asked yourself that question? Have you ever asked yourself that question about your marriage or about maybe another area of your life? You've waited for something for so long. You were so excited about it. You had so much anticipation. Everybody told you how awesome it was going to be. And then you finally experienced it. And wonk, wonk, wonk. You're like, is that it? You know, I remember when Sean and I were planning our wedding. And you guys know the story. Sean and I got married super young. I was 18. He was 21. Um, Actually, in the planning of our wedding, I was 17. I got married exactly one month after my 18th birthday. And you know, when you're planning a wedding, you're so caught up with all the details. There's like an adrenaline, especially if you love that kind of stuff, right? You're like riding on a high, picking the flowers, picking the venue, talking to the caterer, doing all those things. And 
you can forget about your actual marriage that's coming up. And so everyone is focused on you. If you're the bride, all eyes are on you. I mean, all the details, what kind of jewelry are you going to wear? Where are you getting your dress from? You know, the, the smallest little details, everything is about that day. And then you go home or to your hotel or wherever you're going and hopefully consummate your marriage. And can we be real, you guys? There are some people who, after the wedding night, you're like, is that what I waited for? Especially if you abstain from sex before getting married. I've heard from not a lot, but a few couples that have had that very story. They waited to have sex, and then they got married, and it was so disappointing. I've also heard from couples that were so exhausted after the wedding day that they didn't even have sex on the wedding night. And they woke up the next morning feeling like, wow, that was kind of a letdown. And so I want us to be real, real on this episode. We're going to talk about disappointments after marriage. And as you know, this series is targeted to young and married couples. However, this particular episode can be for any married couple. It can be for a couple that is a newlywed. It can be for a couple who's been married for five years or less, and they too are experiencing some disappointment. Or maybe you've been married a long time and you find yourself asking that question, is this all there is? So I'm going to help you all today to be able to get past that question. First of all, I just want to tell you that that's a valid question. There are times in your life where you're going to ask that question. There are going to be other times in your marriage that you're going to ask that question. And so the way that you answer that question is super important because that is going to determine what choices you make. If you ask yourself the question, is this all there is, and then you answer yourself, yeah, I guess so, well then friend, you're probably going to start making some steps to get out of that marriage. Because let's face it, none of us wants to live in perpetual disappointment. Now, if you ask yourself the question, is this all there is? And then you say, you know what? I don't think that this is all there is. I think that there's more. I think there's better. You see how that particular answer is going to lead you to different choices. And so let's talk a little bit about why we're disappointed. Why are we even asking that question in the first place? Well, you know, human nature is up and down. (laughs) I wish that we were even keel all the time. I wish that life was just a bed of roses all the time. Every day was great. Every day was happy. But we know that that's not reality. It's also not realistic in our relationships. Relationships are up and down, even good, healthy, strong relationships. There are ups and there's downs. There's hills and there's valleys. And if you don't understand that coming into a marriage, you are going to constantly be disappointed. You have to understand, and I've talked about this on a previous episode, that unmet expectations lead to disappointments. And so when you have all of these expectations, and especially if you have not communicated those expectations, you're going to constantly feel disappointed when those things are not met. I was talking to a couple about two months ago, and they're a newlywed couple. And the wife told me, literally, Dana, like the day after we got married, everything fell apart. Now I have a hard time believing that everything fell apart within 24 hours. What I really think happened was when they got married, they started very quickly learning who each other really were. 
Because guess what? We put our best foot forward when we're dating, don't we? Even if you've been dating someone for five years, you're still kind of putting your best foot forward. They still don't really know 100% of the real you until you sign that paper. And I'm even talking to couples who live together because I know that you probably know couples who have lived together for a long time and then they get married and then they divorce. I mean, look at Brangelina, right? If you don't know who Brangelina is, I mean, come on. Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, right? They were together, I believe, for 10 years, living together, traveling, you know, opening businesses together, doing all this. And they got married. And I don't think their marriage lasted for two years. This is not a knock against them. But this just goes to show that even if you are together all the time, things are not the same until you get married. And so understanding that, first of all, disappointments are a part of life, understanding that relationships are up and down, and relationships are also um, full of different seasons. You're going to have seasons in your marriage, just like we have seasons in nature, right? There's some seasons that we are in the growth phase. Then there are other seasons where it's more of a dry season. There are other seasons that are more peaceful or calm. And if you don't understand and start to get in your mind what kind of season you're in in your relationship, then you are likely to make a choice that isn't necessary for that season. I hope that makes sense. So let's go beyond the feelings of, I'm just disappointed. I'm so upset. Let's talk about what is really going on. I don't know about you, but I ask myself questions all the time. I'm constantly talking to myself, asking myself, okay, Dana, why are you angry right now? Why are you disappointed? What is going on with you right now? Why are you having a bad day? Like I'm constantly asking myself those questions. So I want you to begin to ask yourself these very questions. Why are you disappointed? Are you angry? Do you find yourself just not being able to stand your spouse? What did you expect? What did you assume? What did you communicate? What did you not communicate? These are all questions that are going to help you to be able to go beyond just the feelings of being sad or feeling disappointed or feeling like you're missing out or feeling like you made a mistake by marrying this person. Try to get down a layer and ask yourself, why am I feeling this way? Because can I be honest with you guys? Sometimes, oftentimes, actually, it's not our spouse or even what our spouse is doing that's causing us to feel this way. A lot of times we can be being triggered by other things. So, for example, if you got married and you kind of held some traditional values, right? You, let's say you're a husband and you thought my wife was going to cook me every meal. You never told your wife that that was your expectation, but that was just the expectation that you had. Now you're actually married and your wife can't cook or she doesn't cook. She likes to eat out. And so you find yourself being like, wait, I didn't sign up for this. I don't want to be married to somebody who's not going to provide me with three square meals a day, right? Well, did you ever actually communicate that to your wife? And is that even a realistic goal? Are you being triggered by something else? Maybe are you feeling disrespected because you feel like she doesn't care about you? Are you feeling um, like you're a low priority in her life? Are you being triggered by something that has nothing to do really with what she's doing? 
Are you being affected by things that have nothing to do with your marriage at all, like work? Is this a stressful season at work for you? A lot of times, y'all, we're going through stuff at work or outside of our relationships, and we bring all that stuff back home to our spouses, and they have nothing to do with it. So start asking yourself some deeper questions. Go beyond your feelings. Something else that I want you guys to know is that we have to learn how to let go of what was in order to make room for what is. I'll say that again. Yes, I will. Let go of what was so that you can make room for what is. Again, if you are so caught up in how your relationship was when you were dating or all the expectations that you had when you got married, you are going to have to be able to let go of some of that stuff so that you can enjoy, appreciate, and make room for what is, for your current reality. Now, I am not suggesting if you're in an unhealthy relationship that you just go, let me just let go of my expectations and just endure. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that if your dating relationship was amazing and you guys spent all kinds of time together and, you know, you had these wonderful conversations and you had all these friends around you all the time. Now that you're married, you've noticed that you've probably started to kind of lose some friends. Maybe you guys aren't spending as much time together. And so now you're mourning what you had. Hey, it's okay to be upset or to be sad for what was, but at the end of the day, you're going to have to make a conscious decision to let go of what was so that you can make room for what is. And when I say make room for what is, I am certainly not saying that you need to just blindly accept life. You know, que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. No, no, make room for what is. That means you actually can determine what your present condition is. I'm a huge believer in that. I do not believe that life is happening to us. I believe that you are happening to your life. You are in the driver's seat and you get to control how things are going to progress. Now, you don't have full control because obviously there are always things that are going to happen that are beyond our control. There are always circumstances that are going to happen to you. But let's not become these passive people who just, you know, this is just my life now. I guess I just don't have any control. No, you actually have the power to create the marriage that you want. That is the whole goal of this podcast is to help people to understand that if you want a healthy relationship, you can build it. I remember when Sean and I had been married for a few years, maybe two years or something, and we were living in this little apartment and I just was so stressed. I was overwhelmed. I was working full time. Sean was working full time. We were like two ships passing in the night. I literally worked from 6 in the morning until 2 p.m. And then he worked from, I think, 1 p.m. to 10 p.m. So there was like a little hour there that we kind of overlapped. And thank God for my mom who watched Chris. Chris was a baby when we got married. And so at least I didn't have the whole child care thing to worry about. However, we never saw each other through the week. And I remember being so um, disconnected, feeling so disconnected from him. And yeah, we had our times at night, but like that, that will not sustain your relationship forever. You And I'm talking about sex. Like sex will not sustain your relationship forever, people. You have got to be intentional about connecting with each other outside of that. And so I just remember being overwhelmed. I was overworked. I really didn't love my job at the time. I had a new baby. You know, Chris was maybe two years old or something like that. So he's kind of going through his toddler phase. It was just a mess all around. And I remember one day just sitting on my couch and I was so 
upset with everything. I was like, I just want to just end it all. And I'm not saying like suicide. I mean, I'm like, I just want to get out of everything. I'm like, quit my job, quit my marriage, I'm quitting being a mom. Like, I just, I just want to move away to some island and just start over, right? Well, that's not reality. (laughs) So what I had to ask myself is what can I change today? I can't change everything, but I can change something. And so I decided I'm going to start working part-time. This is just too much. The money is good, and we needed the money. We were a young married couple who really had nothing at that time. And so we needed the money, but really what I needed more than the money was my peace back. And so I said, I'm going to start working part-time. So I had a conversation with my supervisor. I had a conversation with Sean, and everybody was like, yes, this is good. You know, that's fine. My supervisor completely gave me the okay to begin to work part-time. And that one decision, even though it cost us, literally, it cost us financially, but it brought so much more balance to my life. It, it made me stop being so flustered and overwhelmed with life. I had some space to think, and I'm not working at 6 o'clock in the morning. I'm not a morning person, y'all. I mean, that was probably the biggest issue right there is I, why am I up at 4.30? Why? Who is up at 4.30 in the morning? And so once I made the decision to go part-time, then, and I actually started working part-time evenings, so now me and Sean had all the morning together, and then I actually could sleep in, so I was a much happier, nicer person, and things started working out. Now, we had to compensate for the loss of income, yes. However, it was worth it. And so my whole point is ask yourself, what can I change now? Is there anything that I can change? Not what does my spouse need to change or this marriage is terrible and I wish this marriage would change, but like what can I change? That is such a powerful question when you are able to ask yourself, what can I change? Ladies, Guess what? I'm super excited to announce to you my new group coaching class called Wife Life. That's right. This group coaching class is going to be for wives and soon-to-be wives, women who are engaged to be married, who want to go deeper in their relationships with their husbands and deeper in their relationships with one another. You guys, I have been in several group coaching classes, and if I can give you a little secret, you not only glean from the wisdom of the main coach, which is me, but you are also going to glean from the wisdom and the stories and the encouragement and the support of each other. I want to encourage those of you who, for whatever reason, haven't been able to get started with individual coaching or even relationship coaching. Group coaching is going to blow your socks off. You are going to be so glad that you are a part of this initial class. I cannot wait to see you in this session. So here's the deal. For more information and all the deets, head over to danashay.com forward slash coaching. That's Dana Shea, D-A-N-A-C-H-E dot com forward slash coaching and look for the group coaching tab. Go ahead and enter your email and I will send you all the information that you need to know. I'm super excited about this session. You guys, we are going to go higher. We are going to be better wives and our husbands are going to be the happy recipients of everything that we're going to learn. So I will see you in the Wife Life class. Talk soon. Okay, you guys, so let's go ahead and recap real quick. We're talking about, is this all there is in our marriages? And we started off with me asking you, why are you disappointed? Ask yourself that. Why are you disappointed? And then once you realize why you're disappointed, then go a layer deeper 
and ask yourself, why am I feeling this way? What did I expect? What did I assume? Why am I angry? Who is speaking to me? Who's in my ear? Is anyone causing me to feel more disappointed about my marriage than I need to? I also told you that seasons come and go. We talked about that. We talked about letting go of what was to make room for what is. And then I encouraged you to think about what can you change right now? What small step can you take, you, in the right direction in order to make a change, a positive change in your relationship? All right, you guys, we're almost done with this episode, but I want to give you three more things. And I think that these three are super important. Number one, we have to get real with ourselves. I kind of alluded to this before the break, that you have to ask yourself, what can I do? What can I change? It's so much easier for us to point the finger at our spouse and say, they need to change this. If only they would stop doing this. If only they would start doing this, then this marriage could be better. My life would be easier. We would be so much happier. It's much more difficult to look at yourself and say, Where do I need to grow up? Where do I need to learn to compromise? Where do I need to learn how to manage my own expectations outside of my partner? What boundaries have I violated or have I allowed to be violated? Introspection is a gift that you give to yourself. And it's sad because so many people don't do it. There is this thought out there. It's like, love yourself, be kind to yourself, never judge yourself. And I would say, yes, 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 be good to yourself. Yes, I agree. However, if you really want to be all that God has created you to be, if you really want to be the best spouse that you can be, you're going to have to learn how to be introspective, how to ask yourself some tough questions. And we don't ask ourselves questions in a judging, condemning way. I never talk bad about myself. I never say stuff like, oh, you're so stupid, Dana. I can't believe you did that. Oh, gosh, you just, why do you always do stuff like that? I don't talk to myself like that. I would never talk to somebody else like that. And so I am, I treat myself kindly the same way that I would treat someone else. But that doesn't mean that I'm not sometimes hard on myself. I challenge myself. Why? Because I know that if you're not challenging yourself, you're not growing. If you're not challenging yourself, and allowing others, i.e. your spouse, to challenge you, then you are not growing. Life is not about being comfortable and happy all the time. You are going to have seasons and times and circumstances where you are going to have to, yes, my friend, grow up. Marriage is a perfect tool to help you do so. If you never realized that you were selfish until you got married, praise the Lord. You know, like I'd say all the time when people are like, you know, oh, this person is just bringing out the worst in me. I'm like, yes, that's what you want to happen. You want your spouse to bring out the worst in you. Why would you want the worst to stay in you? You want that stuff to come out of you. And yeah, it's ugly when you realize that like, oh, I'm not as happy as I thought I was. I'm not as nice of a person as I thought I was. I'm not as organized as I thought I was. Hey, my ideas are not always right. Somebody, i.e. my spouse, sometimes has better ideas than me. And sometimes, y'all, we just got to grow up. Sometimes we have to learn how to have thicker skin and more tender hearts. And so ask yourself, where do I need to compromise? It can't always be my way and what I think and what I believe. And this is what I think we should do. There are sometimes, even if your way is the best way, hear me on this, you all. 
even if you are convinced that your way is the best way, is it better for you to be right or is it better for you to show love to your spouse? Which is more important to you? And I have faltered at this many times because I'm always right. I mean, come on, right? And so my way is always right. And Sean might say something and I'm like, that is a crazy, what in the world? That is a crazy idea. We are not doing that. And then we'll have this big argument. Something will happen. And I realize I was right, but I was dead wrong because now we're in a big fight. And now we're not talking to each other for two and three days. And it's foolishness. And sometimes you have to say, you know what? My idea is actually a better idea, but I'm going to love my spouse and we're going to go with their idea. Now, again, obviously use wisdom. If your spouse is like, I think we should deplete our savings and buy, you know, whatever. I'm not saying that you need to go along with that. But what I am saying is that you are going to have to learn in a marriage. It's all about give and take. It cannot be your way all the time. I don't care if you are the man and you think you're the head. It is not your way all the time. Sorry. You have to learn how to compromise. So get real with yourself. The second thing that I want to tell you is it's growth over perfection. We all know that there are no perfect marriages, right? We say it all the time, like, no marriage is perfect, but yet we think ours is supposed to be. So when we start to have challenges and conflicts and problems, we're shocked. We're like, oh my gosh, what is happening? I don't understand. Listen, it's not about perfection. It's about growth. So even if you mess up, like I'm super graceful with myself now, and I didn't used to be, you guys. I used to be very hard on myself. But once I really started to understand that there's never a failure, only feedback, even if you listen, I could sit here and tell you all the things that I have done and you would be shocked. But guess what? I don't live in that past anymore. I say, you know what? That was a dumb decision. Now, I'm not calling myself dumb, but that decision was dumb. That was dumb, dumb. But what have I learned from that? How has that made me a better planner? How has that helped me not to procrastinate? How has that made me more accountable? And so looking at, okay, yes, I may have made some wrong choices. And and some of you are thinking, I made the wrong choice to get married. I should never got married. Well, sister, well, brother, maybe you shouldn't have, but you're in it now. So I'm not going to sit here and try to help you get out of it. I'm going to help you to learn how to make it the best marriage that it can be. But it's about growth over perfection. I've given this analogy on other episodes before, but if you want to grow, then you're going to have to put some stress on something. For those of y'all who work out, you know this is true. If you want to build muscle, then what do you have to do? You have to lift weights. And when you lift weights, you are literally putting stress on your muscles. You are tearing them down so that when they rebuild, they rebuild stronger. We know that about our physical bodies, but sometimes we forget that relationships operate the same way. Now, just like a body, you can't constantly put stress on the body or the body will break down. You can't constantly put stress on a relationship either. But some of you, you're dealing with five pound dumbbells and you're talking about divorce. Okay, this is not we're not in a place of divorce when we're dealing with five pound dumbbells. Talk to me when you're bench pressing 500s. Okay, and so it's growth over perfection. Allow yourself to be challenged. Allow yourself to be changed. Allow that gunk that's in your heart to come out of you so that you can actually grow into all that you're supposed to be. And then finally, I just want to encourage you to become the person that you would love to live with. It's not about what your spouse is doing or not doing. 
It's about what are you doing? What can you do? What kind of person would you love to come home to? Be that person. If you're upset because you're coming home to a junky house after work every day, well, guess what, my friend? You get to clean it up so that when you come home, your house is clean. It makes no sense for you to be upset with your spouse all the time because the house is messy when you could clean it up. Now, I know what you're saying. Well, that's not my job. I'm working. The other spouse should do it. Well, shoulds are death sentences to relationships. So you can either continue to be upset with your spouse for what they should be doing, or you can just do it because you want to become the kind of person that you would love to live with. How many of us love being nagged and criticized all the time? Raise your hand. I don't know where you are, but I don't think your hand is raised. Why? None of us like that, right? None of us likes to be nagged and criticized all the time. So don't be that to your spouse. Even if they're dead wrong and doing wrong all the time, no one wants to hear their faults all the time. Do you want to be someone who hears good things about yourself? Do you love words of affirmation? Well, guess what? Give that to your spouse. Give what you want. Become the kind of person that you would want to live with. So you all, I hope that these tips have helped you today. Is this all there is? Well, the way that you answer that question could truly determine the life or death of your marriage. Instead of wondering, is this all there is? Maybe you should ask the question, How can I make this marriage all that it can be? Well, that wraps it up for today's episode. Thank you all so very much for being here today. I love spending this time with you. I love being able to share some of the wisdom that God has given me about marriages, about love, about life, about relationships. If this podcast has encouraged you, I want to encourage you to head on over to Apple Podcasts and give it a review, just like you heard the review in the earlier part of the episode. Reviews not only help a podcast to grow, but I love hearing your feedback. I want to make this podcast what you need it to be, so continue to share with me those reviews. And of course, I will have the show notes to this podcast at realrelationshiptalk.com forward slash episode 53. Well, that wraps it up for our time together today. Be well, you all. Go out and create and build the relationship, the marriage of your dreams. You're in the driver's seat, friend. You can do it. Take care. We've been drowning in the dark tail. I hope was gone. I'm a lost without you. A powerful prayer life does not require hiking a mountain to be able to hear from God. God can meet us right in the middle of our busy lives to help, guide, and speak to us through prayer. I'm Christina Patterson, host of the Teach Us to Pray podcast, providing practical teaching and encouragement on how you can make prayer a natural and consistent part of your everyday life. I promise it won't require hiking a mountain, but you just might develop the faith to move one. Listen and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.